Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Happy Monday out there to all of our listeners. And Mac, we have some actual football games to discuss. Can't wait to break those down. This is the first Monday of college football season where we're doing our weekend recap episodes. We don't have, of course, only two games to recap today, but <laughs> this is the beginning of what will be many, many recaps. And as always, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on YouTube, listen on SiriusXM, tell a friend, leave us a review, tag us in something. We really appreciate it. And you can spread the word about the podcast. And Mac, you're in Chapel Hill, Chapel Thrill as you were calling it <laughs> this weekend. Uh, tell me everything. I, You guys, I was watching y'all on TV, and I could tell you guys were having so much fun to be back yeah. together. Golly, KG. Well, first of all, the fact that we have games to actually talk about right now is so much fun and, and review. And you got to I just got done watching film. It was great. I mean, this is this is why we do this. This is what we enjoy doing. And um, being in Chapel Hill was awesome. You know, we, we went down Thursday and Obviously, just got back Sunday and just to see everybody and be back with the crew. And, and you know, you get a little taste of it when you're doing the ACC road trips, but it's, it's a small crew. You know, there's only a couple people there mm-hmm. and then uh, some support staff. But this is like the full blown production. Everybody's there. The, the ACC huddle. We had ACC uh, PM was there as well. So it was great to meet those two new guests or, or two new family members in person um, and, and just to have everybody together. So it, it was a lot of fun. And then, of course, the the game itself and just being, you know, back on site and back in that atmosphere with, with fans full full going and, uh, you know, seeing great football, great offensive football, I shall say, uh, was a lot of a lot of fun. And I'll tell you this, too. Seeing uh, the, the FAMU band was lit like they were so good. Honestly, it was like a militant band because those guys and gals were so focused, so stern, like they would not even look at you or talk to you. They're just doing their thing. And, you know, we're walking by like, yo, we're super excited to see y'all. And it's all I get. Crickets. I don't get anything. It's just blank stare. They don't even look at you. And then they just go out there and killed it. I mean, it was impressive as all get out. So a great weekend, KG. So much fun. So great to be back and uh, just to talk about these games. What I know, so just full disclosure, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my background is different. I am or was in Texas this weekend for um, uh, some wedding festivities for my brother. So was able to watch you guys on TV and watch a lot of that pregame stuff. And Mac, you were telling me, and it's not like we're surprised. Look, UNC supports all their teams. They generally have very good football attendance. But to be playing FAMU, you know, a HBCU, kind of a preseason game a little bit, even though FAMU did score some points. We'll talk about that. But the atmosphere overall, Mac, what, what did you take away from that UNC atmosphere? Yeah, I, I was impressed, especially with there being weather and, and all kinds of stuff. And like you said, just kind of a preseason vibe almost, at least to start. It wasn't when the when the ball was snapped. Um, I, I didn't think that there would be that good of a show, show out. And they – they did well. I mean, I don't know if it was a sellout. It had to be very close. Um, it, it was great. The energy was great. The noise was great. Um, and so that's that's what it's all about. I mean, for for football to be 
100% back, no restrictions, just have everybody in the stands going nuts. It was, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And just, again, our team and, and the great job that they did. You know, there, there was some crazy weather and there were some wild things that happened. And to see our team have to go full speed ahead and, and find solutions, um, you know, th- this was a unique weekend. And it, it's crazy that it happened in week zero. So we're, we're prepared yeah. for everything now. We, we basically yeah. did a, an entire season of, oh, my goodness, what do we do in uh, the first weekend? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's good practice. Just thrown in the fire right there. That's right. That's who, right. Before we dive into this game, who do you think has the best sunglasses game of the booth <laughs> for you guys? Because the sunglasses are on. EJ's got some really dark ones. Like, I'm not even sure if his eyes are behind there. Um, you have kind of the top gun look. Who do you think has the best sunglasses game? You, you know what's interesting is I can tell you who doesn't, and that's Coach, unfortunately. He has some, yeah, like, yeah. Miami team-issued Adidas sunglasses that have, like, the the floaty uh, – I don't even know what you call those things. The, the, the croaky. Croaky, thank you. <laughs> that, that it won't fall off or he loses them. Um, EJ had some brand on that I've never even heard of, so it probably costs as much Sounds as the whole right. set. Um, JC's were okay. They they're probably pretty nice. My, mine were – you know, I bought those on a whim, and uh, I think they look pretty good. They kind of fit my mantra. Yeah. Like you said, Top Gun, kind of militant deal there. So I probably have to defer to EJ just because, again, I, I don't even know what they what they were. And he he's just such a good-looking dude. Anything he wears looks better than anybody else anyway. So <laughs> it's, that, it's that vibe where you've never heard of it, and so you just know it's oh, yeah. you know, And so you just kind of – Exactly. You're like, yeah, those look cool. That Those must be cool. Those, those must be bougie. Yeah. So my quarterback – that's what he does. That's, that's, that's the quarterback. All right. <laughs> Let's talk quarterbacks because, again, it's FAMU. And, and that's the thing with this episode. And we're, we're going to talk Florida State as well. We'll talk about weather and all that, rain delays. But <laughs> we don't want to overreact. We're not here to overreact and say that these teams are going to go on to win 10 games, whatever. They might. But, and we, we can maybe overreact a little bit with UNC's defense, but Drake May, in his first start, five touchdowns, was just methodical with what he was doing, made some great throws. I thought he was really good with his legs. I thought his pocket awareness and presence was next level. His size, his height was on display where he could just see what he wanted to do. He he looks like he is poised to carry this program throughout this year into the future, be the guy. Mac, how much can we take away from this Drake May performance against FAMU? Yeah, I'm glad you you kind of set it up that way and asked that because you know when when I watched FAMU, they were doing some really nice things defensively, and again missing a bunch of guys. I think only three mm-hmm. of them were actually starters, which you know one in Isaiah Land, uh, you know Jordan Reed, our guy, just announced him as the number one HBCU prospect. Yeah. So I would have loved to have seen him as kind of an edge rusher out there, and how much different. Uh, would that have changed the game at all or, or would that have made you know more uncomfortable situations but you know everybody else they had a great plan and those guys were hitting I mean th- that secondary KG it was like as soon as a Carolina guy caught the ball they're getting blasted and, and they're hitting their hips they were doing a great job in open field I was very impressed with the athleticism and the plan now I say this they, they got 56 points dropped on their head but they, they did well and, and so when I see how Drake did things, when I see that he wasn't just throwing to guys that there was no one around him, like they weren't tricking FAMU. He had to put the ball in certain positions. He had to escape the pocket 
and throw off his back foot, flip his hips when he's rolling left and throw this, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes type dime you know, to a guy in the end zone. Yeah, that, I mean, they're, they're running very creative, you know, routes where, you know, it, it looks like it's double uh, slants and then Josh Down escapes in the flats and, and he gets them. He, he identified corner cat on an RPO and said, forget the fake. I got to get this thing out there so quickly. So that's what was impressive to me is how he did it. I mean, it wasn't on air, right? This guy was making yeah. decisions. We saw it in real time. Him going through his reads and distributing the ball so well to, to everybody. Now, obviously, Josh Downs is is the marquee guy, but I'm looking here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different receivers. Three of the tight ends feasted. The running backs were involved. That's what this UNC offense is supposed to look like, getting that ball out quickly, using that RPO game, using the run game to, to design how it is. And I, I cannot give Drake enough credit. The fact that this man you know, had five touchdowns in his debut, uh, something that no UNC freshman has ever done, or I think maybe even just first-time starter at quarterback has yeah, ever done. It, it, was, it was very, very impressive to see. And, man, if, if he can continue to do that, obviously a huge test this coming weekend against App State, but – Future super bright for Drake May. And I couldn't help but think to do this against real live bullets, I think is going to go so far for him, especially going on the road at app. But what really impressed me too, Mac, and I think, you know, you've, you've been the one that has been saying Drake May from the beginning. Like you were saying <laughs> it last year. And I think a lot of it is his natural ability, his pocket awareness, his size that we talked about, but he has such a feel for the position that you can just see. Right. And of course his arm was very live and he was making great throws. And mm-hmm. some of those throws were in tight windows across the middle. So I, I was impressed. I mean, they, maybe it was a little vanilla. Maybe it was FAMU. I get it, but I really was impressed. I think there are a lot of schools around the country that are thinking, man, we would love to have Drake May. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was a little vanilla, but because of his ability to go through his progressions and reads, it was, you know, vanilla with some sprinkles, right? He, he made it a little there you different. Go. He, he, he made it look really good. And that's why, man, you, you just see, okay, when does this playbook open all the way up and what yeah. the heck's it going to look like? So that, that I think is something that you can really be excited about if you're a Carolina fan and, and just see that this young man has the poise. Obviously he studies his tail off and takes ownership of this offense. The athleticism is there as a runner as well. We saw that really, I felt like after that, quarterback draw was called all nerves were out the window like he was ready to roll and it looked like he just kind of boom okay time to roll time time to go big time so that's what was impressive to see from the quarterback position kg and i can't speak enough about these running backs i mean i was gonna say do you want to take some credit for being the psychic that you are it's not even a site. It's just, it's common sense. You walk up to practice. I just happened to be able to go to practice this one day. And Amarion Hampton, guys, if you remember, go back and listen to the episode we did yeah. where it was after, uh, you know, I, I saw that UNC practice. Go back and if you can on, on the app or on YouTube, whatever, and listen to that roadshow because that cat was just different. He, he just looked different. You know, the tight ends and running backs came out the, the, at the same time pre-practice and, and were, you know, doing whatever. And I see 28. I'm like, okay, is that a tight end? Because he's maybe a little short, but he's as big as all of them. And coach goes, oh, no, that's a, uh, a true freshman that just showed up in July. And I'm just like, what? What are we talking about? So it, it was good to see that he and Petaway 
were as good as I thought and, and that did the things as advertised in that practice and just different and, and good for Carolina to committing to them. I mean, it's tough when you've got guys that you've had for a couple of years that maybe even a couple of these guys still from a different coaching staff that are, are there for you. And it, it's hard to make that decision. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. your responsibility is to get this team in the best position to win. And Hampton and Petaway are those answers. And yeah. it's going to be great to see their responsibility continue to grow. I thought the two of them did well enough in pass pro and, and understanding where to go that you trust them. And, and now Drake cannot be you know, as quick to, to scramble and really say that, okay, my guy's going to get right up in there and fit. Um, but just pure athleticism running the football. I mean, those guys were freaky and very impressive with the speed, the cutting ability, the power. It's the total package. And, and the last thing that I think that we'll really see, and really my, my only two, I don't even call them critiques. It's just something I thought we'd see a little bit more of. Them involved in the, in the receiving game from from a, a running back perspective, which I think we will as they get older and, and understand. And then just the deep passing threat. I wanted to see Drake launch that thing. I just wanted to see a bomb. I just wanted to see how pretty it would be, you know, him throwing that thing 50-plus yards. His longest ball through the air was like 20 yards, which is fine. I mean, he's carving yeah. them up, and, and he's, you know, figuring it out, and they were all on ropes. But, man, I would have loved to just see a, a five-step drop back throw that thing as far as you can, and Josh Downs just walks right under it for a touchdown. So other than that, I, I have no critiques offensively. That They played a very, very nice game. Patience, Mac. Patience. I think UNC <laughs> will get there with the deep ball, but you are exactly right with those freshman running backs. And here's the thing, too. Unfortunately, a guy that we actually interviewed at ACC kickoff, yeah. British Brooks, did get hurt. So that's an opportunity. I mean, that look, next man up, that's going to be an opportunity for both Hampton and Pedway to get more run and get more snaps. Um, Overall, Mac, I think the big talk of this UNC game is, I think Drake May's number one, but unfortunately a little bit's going to be about that defense and um, some of the criticism. I mean, you gave up 24 points. I thought one of the biggest issues for North Carolina as I'm watching the game, and then you can look back at the stats too, the third down conversion rate for FAMU, they converted five of 13 third downs. And a lot of those, we're early, and, and that's a concern where you can't get a team like FAMU off the field. I will say, uh, Musa, Jeremy Musa, the quarterback, he was the real deal. He I mean, he's a, he's a power five transfer from Vanderbilt. Yeah. That's a good player, but still, Mac, I think a lot of UNC fans and, and just people who, who picked UNC to do some big things this year are a little concerned about that defense. Yeah, I mean, he, he absolutely carved them up. I mean, there, there was time and time again great. where UNC's sitting, sitting in cover two, and he's just hitting hole shots, and, and he is lighting that coverage up. There was no pressure at all. The, the three sacks that you know they did have was was on a just a blatant miss block. Uh, one was on Noah Taylor was fantastic. He just blew yeah. up the left tackle and got right to the running back. And then another was was kind of like a, a misread on a blitz. But that that defensive line just I mean I've been talking about this I feel like for a year. The guys are there. They just have to step up and do it. They have to be those five stars that that were recruited, KG. And and just quite frankly, right now, they haven't been. They haven't been. I agree. And I think, you know, for someone who maybe didn't watch the game, you look at the box score, you say, oh, well, UNC only gave up 50 yards rushing. A lot of that's on the secondary. (laughs) No, the biggest issue was that the front, UNC's front could not get to the quarterback. They couldn't disrupt what was going on. And then the secondary, yeah, could have played better. Storm Duck had a pick, but 
that's the point, Mac. I think that's what UNC fans are a little frustrated about. Is you have all these five and four stars, these yeah. big time recruits on the D line. You've got to be able to do a little more getting after the quarterback. Yeah, and, and here is the 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 one silver lining about it. And, and Coach, you know, Mac Brown brought this up. Is is this is Gene Chizik's first game in six True. years? It's early, you know. And, and so, how much was it schematic? How much was it them just you know? doing the the minimum to not give anything away for for next week and beyond. Mm. So it, it's it is hard to judge, but I just physically I wanted to see more. Physically I wanted to see defensive linemen go out there and feast and they just they just didn't. And uh man, right. th- th- those guys need to just be challenged. If I'm, you know, big big power Eccles there, you know, number 23 and and the the leader of that defense that I am. I'm getting in all those guys' face. I'm getting all their grill and saying, you have to step up. We cannot do what we need to without you guys dominating. And, and that's not rude. That's not unfair. That's what they're there to do. And, and at the end of the day, they've got to keep up their end of the bargain. And I'm sure they'll get better. We'll, we'll sit here and we'll talk about it next week because that App State mm-hmm. offensive line, that App State running attack, they're coming. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to be an issue if they uh, can control the ball and don't give this great offense – you know, any time when you look at UNC. So next week is going to be fascinating to see for UNC. Question, before we talk about Florida State, because there's a lot to unpack there too, the old adage, the the kind of cliche saying in football where the most improvement takes place between week one and week two. How true is that yeah. as a former player? And could we see that from this North Carolina defense if they, when they get in the film room, they understand what it takes when going to act? Well, here's where it's hard to say it's, applicable KG is because it's, it's again, it's the effort and physicality. I I think where you see Mm. that progress is MAs and blown assignments and, you know, guys really more mental mental and and guys getting locked in, or you just figure out a guy can't do it and you have to go to somebody else. So, you know, I I don't, maybe we see that in coverage because again, this guy was just dicing them up and and I'm sure, you know, there were MAs and, and again, I'm looking with my eyes. I have no idea what defense was called, but I can, you know, kind of see a, a coverage based on what, you know, the defensive backs do. Um, and so maybe yes from from that aspect. But again, I, I hate to keep harping on it because I know these are kids at the end of the day, but they have to do better. They, they have to do better on the defensive line. I think they'd probably agree. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that defense travels up to Boone, North Carolina. Let's talk about the other game of the weekend, Mac. Florida State getting the big dub 47-7 to over Duquesne. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't understand that word. I don't understand how it's spelled. Hey, KG, it's one of those um, names and one of those words. If you don't know how to say it, don't try to read it because you will get right, killed. Right, <laughs> Exactly. No, but I do. I was joking. Um, but let's let's talk about Florida State, Mac. I thought a very impressive showing from FSU on both sides of the ball. And in the end, what I love about this FSU team and what I think can lead them to a seven, eight win season, whatever it may be, because that schedule is hard. We've talked about it. It's this running game. And they ran the ball all over Duquesne. They dominated. They they forced the issue. They did exactly what they wanted to do. They dominated with those running backs. Three guys over 100 yards, just spectacular. And Jordan Travis, who, of course, is a great threat with his legs. I thought he also passed the ball really well. He had a great deep shot to Johnny Wilson, the, the deep shot that you were looking for in the UNC game. But Mac, these running backs, those three, I think the future is very bright this season. Man, if they can stay healthy, look 
out. And, and this is, you know, it's so funny. A couple of, you know, different fans from obviously not FSU's fan base. I, I tweeted something out and <laughs> oh, said, no. man, I just went back and, and watched the film and these running backs are special. They're, they're freaky. And of course, you know, two or three of the comments are, well, Haters. yeah, anybody can be that good when you, when you play these guys. But y'all, listen, if you go back and watch how they did it, I mean, there were times right. where it's three or four guys on top of them and they somehow are making a play. They're keeping their feet moving. They're, they're avoiding a guy. They're putting their foot in the ground and just making these absurd cuts. I mean, I, I'm sitting here watching. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. You know, a guy's knee just blew out uh, because of this cut that, that he made him go sideways. So I get what you're saying. Certainly, you know, next week, next Sunday night, we'll, we'll know for real. We'll know for sure, you know, how good this running back group is. Uh, but they, they were impressive. And to average nine, ten, eight yards of carry between the three of them, uh, it, it was just freaky. And, and I wanted to see, you know, who was going to step up and, and be the guy. And I, I kind of thought that Ward was, you know, the difference mm-hmm. maker. But really just all three of them were so complimentary that they really were. I think Ward and Tolafili are very similar. Uh, but Benson's like the big bruiser that – He's not as twitchy, but he can make a cut. Like he can make, you know, a move. But those other guys, I mean, they're kind of like playing two K out there, just trying to cross people up. Uh, but really impressive, and and love the the pitch count that all of them got. All of them right around right. the the twelve rush count, and and you know when you add it all up, that's thirty plus. Um, it, it's going to be special. And then of course when you add a mobile quarterback, I'm kind of I'm looking forward here when without talking about this game, kind of in the same context. That's a whole nother dimension because now I have these three guys I have to be concerned with. Oh, by the way, there's this freak athlete that's touching the ball every single time at quarterback in Jordan Travis that really he he was on minimal display because they didn't need him. They didn't need him to run the ball at all. Of course, he got that first touchdown, um, but I'm excited to see that because that, that was my biggest goal. Can the offensive line go forward? Can the running backs do what we think they can do? And that answer was yes. For sure. And these three, like you said, Mac, I really like that they all basically had the same amount of carries. And, and that really is the plan, it seems. Yeah. To go by committee, use all three, give them each a series, let them stay he- uh, healthy, of course, but also fresh throughout a game. I think that's going to be big. And it's so hard to prepare for when you have Jordan Travis and you're running that zone read and you just you don't know who's going to end up with the ball. Uh, it's it's very difficult. And I liked how they obviously showed some stuff because right. they ran the ball all over the yard. But this is a little different. Like you have LSU next week. You want to be as vanilla as possible Mm -hmm. while still asserting your dominance. Mm -hmm. And that's what FSU did. So I think that's a great sign. Tell me what you saw from that O-line, Mac, because you don't have these type of rushing yards without the O-line looking better. Yeah, no, they certainly did a better job than in recent history. I think that next week is going to be a huge test. I mean, this LSU defensive line is really good and they – have freak athletes, okay? So, so you're going to have to be on your P's and Q's. But I, the, the guys got movement. You know, I saw flashes of brilliance where double teams are just getting a race down the line of scrimmage, and there's holes that you, know, you can drive a pickup th- truck through. Mind you, these <laughs> freaky you know running backs and, and the things that they can do with a hole like that. So it, it's going to be a big challenge. They're going to have to take it to another level this coming Sunday night. Uh, but I think they have the ability to do that. And on top of that, even if there was a miscue, if, if there was you know a guy that lunged and maybe missed, those running backs were able to make them right. And, and so that's Ooh. where I'm really interested to see just how good this unit can be. Because not that it's just an SEC team, but the fact that it's a Power 5 team in general, 
Uh, and then you add a team like LSU who has, you know, had some really good athletes and has a pretty good defense. We, we, we'll see. It, it's going to be it's going to be fun, KG. I, I cannot wait to see that game. But I, I think every FSU fan, and, and we'll dive into this matchup on our Friday episode, but I think every FSU fan should be approaching that game with, with confidence. No question. And, and, I mean, look, the spread's only three points. I think LSU's, they're not preseason ranked for a reason. So I can't even really say they're overrated because they didn't get in the preseason poll. But come on now. I think this is right. really going to be a game. And I, and I liked what we saw from Florida State overall. Yep. Defensively, Jared Verse looked pretty good. Gave mm-hmm. you a sack. Gave you one and a half tackles for a loss. Uh, you only gave up seven points. I thought you handled your business well if you're Florida State. Maybe you wanted to see them get after the quarterback a little more, but when you it's funny because when you compare that performance to UNC's defensively, you feel pretty good overall right. about what right. Florida State did. You know, I, I think that in the sack number, yeah, you, you, you would like to see that better. Uh, but I thought that they rushed the passer well. I thought they heated him up to where – you know, he had to make decisions quickly, and, and most of the time that, that wasn't a good thing for them. Uh, I, I tell you who really impressed me more, and I didn't think it was possible, was Jamie Robinson. Like, he yeah. was a quarterback out there. I mean, it was so impressive to see his communication. There was a couple of motions that he instantly was you – know, you can see him shouting at, at a corner at another nickel saying, you know, I'm going here, you go there, and it, it might change their coverage, and they do it flawlessly – his plays on the ball, his hitting ability. He's the perfect package at the safety position and really can can do it all for this defense. That's why he was my number one safety in the ACC, and, and it looks like it's just business as usual for him. I'll tell you another guy that you know really just jumped off the, the film when you watch him and, and really just live during the contest when you, you're watching the game. And our guy, uh, Ira, uh, Ira from Warchant, told me about this yes. guy uh, during the summer was uh, Bethune, you know, Tatum Bethune at the linebacker position. I mean, he was freaky. And, and his aggressiveness, his ability to read the play, you know, as it's happening and, and not just react, but he sees, okay, this is what's happening. I have to hit here with full speed. And really, linebacker had, had been my biggest concern, kind of that unit of who can step up, who can be a playmaker, because I feel really good about the front and, and the back. You know, who can be the guy in the middle and I think that that was answered. And so, you know, really this last piece, as you said, is just continuing to see that pass rush. Can we see some numbers show up? Because uh, certainly when you look at LSU and you see the quarterback that they have who, who's mobile, a pretty good athlete, that's going to be essential to get that guy on the ground. It is. And I can't wait. I I was already excited for Florida State LSU. I just think Florida State looked, right. it looked really good. Right. And so I'm ready. And Jay, I am yeah. ready. Watch that game. I agree, and, and JT did as well. I, I didn't touch his, on him yeah, as much as I should definitely. have, but his decision making. There was a couple of times where you know one snap rolled and he got his hands down there and, and got on it very quickly. One was very high that you know I think last year both of those are probably turnovers or bad negative mm. plays. Wow! And he he turned them into big time positive. So he was patient with his reads. He had a couple of really nice pulls that faked the camera guy out and everybody in the stadium. Then he's twenty yards downfield. <laughs> yep. And, you know, just the zip that he had on the ball. So his footwork was improved. I, I think that, again, <laughs> we'll have all the answers next week. We're, we're going to know. It's going to be a great litmus test. But he looked like he had made some real progress this summer. Okay, speaking of that, I'm pulling up my phone because I'm pulling up the schedule. We <laughs> we have so much content coming at you this week. So yeah, we will discuss on. all these games in depth as the week goes on. But, Mac, as we're getting ready, as it's Monday, August 29th, and we're officially in week one, I'll tell you the game 
that I am truly looking forward to the most. And in the ACC, I'm, I can't wait for FSU, LSU. I think what really, why this game is number one for me, and this is just because it's first. I cannot wait for West Virginia Pitt. I am so hyped up. I love that it's Thursday night. It's going to be really the first big game of the year where everyone's watching at six o'clock on ESPN. So it's right there for you. And um, I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready for the hatred. I'm ready for the backyard <laughs> brawl. I want to see Keaton Slovis. I want to see these defensive ends and all these guys get after it. So I think that's the one that I am most looking forward to in week one, Mac. Listen, it's the game of the weekend for the ACC. It and, is. It, and it ain't played on the weekend. Come on. That's what <laughs> you know you're doing. I'm right there with you. I mean, this backyard brawl is going to be awesome. And it's going to be an unbelievable tone setter, an opportunity for the ACC going into this weekend with all the yeah. you know ca- cross-conference matchups that tone. we do have. So I'm with you for all those reasons you just said. Cannot wait to see them. Also can't wait to see a little division play uh, with Louisville uh, traveling to Syracuse. And shout out to Drew Carter. Drew Carter gets to call that game. How fun for him. First time in the revamp stadium there in the Dome. Uh, so excited for him. And, and just really, you know, two of our best playmakers on full display. And Sean Tucker running back for Syracuse and Malik Cunningham, the, the dynamic quarterback from Louisville. That, that game could be really, really fun just to see – what happens there. I'm excited for Clemson, Georgia Tech for, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons, but also, you know, to see which quarterback has made more strides because I think yeah. in their own way, those two are kind of similar, which is crazy to say, but that they, they show flashes of brilliance and then just inconsistencies in, in DJ Uyunglele and, and uh, Jeff Sims there for Georgia Tech. So excited to see that, excited to see that Clemson defense. Um, it's going to be a heck of a weekend. It really is. And I can't wait to break it all down. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We are That's right. We are <laughs> into week one. And um, random shout out here. Drew Carter, I've worked with him on the basketball side. He's doing some more football. Drew Carter is a rising star. I, I think he is one of the best we have here at ACC. And he did a great job in the hey, FSU game and much more to come. We, we're lucky to work with a guy like that. He He's the real deal, seriously. And um how about the love for him? Come on, Drew, make an appearance on the. We need to get him on the podcast. I just think Drew Speaking is of, good. He is I good. really do. And I think he's super talented and handles himself well. And of course, we love Roddy. We love all of them. But Drew is pretty <laughs> new and he does a great job. That's right. I, I'll tell you who else I love and who also does a pretty good job is my guy, Haba Baldinaldo. Okay. He's our guest yes. this coming Wednesday, y'all. Just get ready. Freaky guy unbelievable story. We had a ton of fun. I mean, I I thought Mm -hmm. we were going to be sitting here talking ball, but we're talking about pasta. We're talking about pizza. We're talking about being over in Rome, Italy. And and then there's a little football sprinkle in there as well. But a lot of content, as KG said, this week. Uh, We'll be coming at you with a bunch of different stuff. But uh, that's it from us, guys. Thanks for listening. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. Go get SiriusXM. Download the app. Get it in your car. Have it on your phone. You've got to check that out. But also go check us out on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we would greatly appreciate subscribing, rating, reviewing. Uh, just tell us anything you want to on there, honestly. We, we just like to read what you guys say. Uh, but anyway, until next time, we'll see y'all.